Blog Talk Radio. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, he's back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) We got him back on, and I tell you what, a lot of people's lives will be changed tonight because he's bringing nothing but the truth. You may not want to hear it, but it's the truth. And, Brian, you know what? I was reading something today, and, and, and it hit me that the world cannot accept truth. Hmm. You know, you, you see so many things, and, and what our guest is going to do tonight, he's going to tell you some things, or, or tell our our listeners some things. And if you have a pen and a pad, please write it down. Because a lot of times, Brian, when you like someone, or let's say a rapper, let's just say he's talking about a rapper, and you like this rapper, and he tells you something and it's true about this individual. Some mm-hmm. people they don't want to hear that. They they can't accept that's the truth because they like that individual. Mhm. You know, it's funny, I was talking with an individual about um strangely enough I was talking about how um as a youth when I grew up and I saw poverty and I said, you know, being an African American you know, it was a different type of poverty than if you were not African American. And he just completely disagreed with me. No, no, no. And I said, Well, that's my perspective. That you know I said, but the truth is, you know, poverty is poverty. He's like, No, you know, poverty is different in different areas. I was like, No, but it's still if you still if you're hungry <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, if you're still hungry, but I said, but there is a difference. And, you know, he kept saying it wasn't a difference, but he then he said that there are different types of poverty. <laughs> right. You know, and so we, we, we kind of went back and forth a little while, and he was basically saying exactly what I was saying, but he didn't like the fact that I stated that, you know, where I grew up, there were different, you know, people in different socioeconomic areas that were impoverished. You know, and he couldn't believe that rich people could be in poverty. Right. Well, let's go <laughs> you know, ahead and, and bring so, our, Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, you know, so, you know, a lot of, like, so you're right. When people hear the truth, you know, they don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe that somebody could be working a job and still be in poverty. You know, somebody could have a good six-figure salary but still barely be paying their bills. Yeah. You know? Let's go ahead and bring our guest in. I know people are just dying to hear from him. I am. I know he's bringing that thing like he always does. So, yeah, <laughs> let's just bring him in. <laughs> All right. Tonight's guest is best-selling author and activist Mr. Tony Gaskins, Jr., and he is a very successful author, life relationship coach, motivational speaker, mind coach, screenwriter, film producer, consultant. The man wears many hats, but the one most important hat that I know and everybody else will soon find out is that he wears the hat of a passionate person for people. So let's bring him in. Let's talk with him. Let's find out what he has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Gaskins, Jr. Tony. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. How's everything going with you on your end? Outstanding. Outstanding. Tony, the last time that you were on the show, everybody was blown away with the information that you gave uh, concerning the hip-hop industry, the R&B industry, or whatever. Everybody was like, how did you see that? It's right in our face, but how did you see that? And tonight, you're talking about relationships, and you're talking about a lot of other things, but uh, we're going to try to try uh, to uh, get the best out of you tonight. And, and I... My my first question is, when you have these rappers dating one another and they're doing all this fighting, they're rich and they're famous, why do you think that is? 
Well, you know what? I believe a lot of times people are just looking for someone who they feel like they can identify with a lot of times on their social status and not really understanding what love is and what a relationship is, but kind of wanting someone that will make them look as good as uh, as they possibly can. It's almost like um, marriages these days in the entertainment industry are like publicity stunts. And the fact that divorce rates are so high, people don't really take that, that vow too serious. It's like, hey, let's get married, blow up, it may help us sell some records, and we really don't have to have true love. Nobody really knows what's going on. Could have an open relationship, actually, and it just creates a huge buzz. And if we fall out and we don't like each other, we could get a divorce. And it's almost like an understanding they're going into not even with real uh, and true love. Hmm. Now, it almost sounds as if you have to have a publicist now to approve your marriage when you're in the, you know, when you're in that public eye. You know, and, and that's, you know, because I, I I see them and they talk about, oh, they got a prenup. And, you know, you hear people talking about just recently, I, I want to say it was Monique who talked about having an open relationship with her husband. You know, she said that, you know, if he strays, that's not a deal breaker. And, you know, that kind of, that actually threw me way off because I was like, what? You know, because... Yeah. And I guess it's just because of my own definition of what marriage is and what I believe a marriage is, you know, if if you stray right. anyway, any kind of way, that's a deal breaker, you know? Right, right. I oftentimes tell people that in the entertainment industry, a lot of times the relationships and the marriages are for your entertainment also. And, I mean, it's just money changes people. I mean, when they get money, they feel like, I mean, I heard the same thing about, like, uh, Will Smith, that they had an open relationship, him and his wife. Uh, they are swingers or something, you know, along those lines. I'm not sure if it's true, but when, when you hear somebody like Monique say it, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, well, man, this could very well be true. But it just it, it's sad, and it's, it's trickling down. So even people without money, people without that status, people who aren't in the entertainment industry, they're looking to um, – do the same thing, just looking for somebody that's going to, you know, look like a couple out of magazine instead of understanding and seeking a, a real foundation and building love on what love should be built on. Right. Well, Tony, yeah, Tony, you, you think everything is just based on money and status and this power uh, to be on television, to be the number one singer, to be the number one actor or actress and to win Oscars and Grammys and all of that? Do you think that they're so caught up in doing that that they'll pretty much, we hear this all the time, this term, sell their soul to the devil just to get that fame? Do you think a lot of people are caught up in that? In the entertainment industry, that is very much the case and for a lot of people, you know, and the people who stay grounded, um, people like myself who, yes, I've done Oprah, I've done Tyra, I deal with a lot of celebrities, life coaching them, or they're also consultant or ghostwriting, but I won't sell my soul. So I only have as much success as God will give me. I won't I won't sell out and deny who I am as a person, compromise my integrity and my dignity to be known by millions of people. So if having uh, you know, two thousand, three thousand followers on Twitter is all I could get off of keeping my integrity, then hey, I'll take that instead of having 800,000, but not really knowing who I am. And I meet so many uh, young people, even older people that's in the industry, and just so hungry, they compromise their self-worth, they compromise their self-respect, their dignity, and it's all because they come from a place that's so broken and come from a place that's so uh, desperate that it's almost like, hey, I just want to get as far away from the hood or from this lifestyle as I can. And People start to believe that money equals happiness, you know, that, that money is, is, is the rule of happiness when actually a lot of times it can be the opposite. Right. You know, Tony, you said something really important that I don't think a whole lot of people may have caught right away. You said, you know, they, that when they grow up and they have that mentality and they come from a broken place, you know, that they see this all this glitz and glamour, but many of them don't really know how tough it is to make it in that industry. 
So they I... see the person that has, you know, the $100,000 cars and a million dollars worth of jewelry around their neck. And many of them don't even realize that most of that stuff for the videos are rented. Right. You know? And that for right. the first couple of years, they may be working in the red with their record label. Right. You know? Right. You but they see all this stuff and they figure, wow, well, he's got, you know, it's his first album, he's got a $100,000 chain on. But they don't realize that that $100,000 chain may be what he, you know, got from when they fronted him $100,000 for his album. You know, you never know how he got it. Right. You know, but right. they see all this glamour and the glitz and they say, this is my way out. But they don't realize right. that, like you said before, they're compromising their integrity. Exactly, and some of them are compromising their own gifts. I meet so many artists who, uh, you know, they can't sing better than a cat, and yet they dedicate their whole life and spending every day in the studio chasing something, trying to use somebody else's gift. So that's why I tell my clients all the time, you can't use somebody else's ability. God made you to use your gift. Just because they're making money doing it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do to be successful. And so so often people get caught up just uh, going through, uh, going along to get along and following the lead instead of trying to blaze their own trail. And I've been coaching so many artists on this. It's sad that they get to this point where they reach me and now we have to go back to the drawing board and really identify their real gifts and start to build business in that area because actuality, rapping or singing wasn't their gift. But nobody around them loved them enough or was real enough to tell them that. So, I mean, it's, it, it's getting so much, especially in the black community, that people are just being, you know, spoon-fed uh, sports and entertainment. And they don't realize that, Athletes, actors, models, entertainers account for less than 1% of America's millionaires. But they wouldn't even, you know, we don't even know that. Those those numbers, we don't get those numbers on the forefront. Instead, we're being spoon-fed to say, hey, this is your lane. This is what you need to do. You know, you need to be an entertainer. Now, granted, if that's your gift, that's your gift. And I, pre- I, I believe that the people who that really is their gift, they would appreciate if other people who that isn't their gift, stay in their lane and use their gifts, you know. And that's that's really what what we have to, you know, begin focus on, identifying our own gifts and staying true to ourselves, not compromising our self-worth and self-respect for, for money or status. Yeah. You know, you made me think about something. You know, Greg used to always talk about, he wondered, you know, you know how, have you ever sat out and just, like, on your day off or when you're not really working, you ever sat and just watched the number of luxury cars that go by and wonder, you know, just at all times of the day and night you'll see these cars moving around and you wonder who's driving them and where do they work? You know, how right. are they getting what they get? You know, right. and, and the thing that, you know, I've actually done that one day where I just sat out and I watched cars for about maybe, I want to say maybe an hour, maybe a half an hour, and I wondered to myself, you know, just watching them go in and out of the store and trying to figure out where are these people working when when they have these luxury cars? You know, what are right. they doing to get get these nice luxury cars and they live in these nice gated communities and, they, you know, they're not working every day. They're not working at 8 to 5, so what are they doing? You know, I mean, I always wondered that, and it was a – I can't remember who it was that we interviewed, but he said what they're doing is leveraging their – time with money and see that's the key that a lot of these entertainers these young people they don't know about that they don't know that you know when when you don't have a whole lot of work to do find something that will create wealth for you you know instead they chase these you know i don't want to say it's a hollow dream but they chase these dreams it's like the rapper who can't rap but he's still trying to make it in the industry and he spent about five years and all of his money making rap songs and, you know, handing out demos. And nobody's bothered to tell him that, you know, all the energy you did, you know, all the connections you made trying to get your own record, record you know, put out there, you could have done the same work as in maybe an A&R person and helped other people get those same connections to get out there. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. You know, if that's, if that's, 
what you could be doing. You know what I mean? So there's gifts that they have that they don't even realize. You know, they may have uh, the gift of communication and talking with these people and getting these connections, and they're not using it. They're saying, hey, I I made the connection. Now can you listen to my demo? And then they walk away. You're right. It's like monkey see, monkey do, and we always looking at somebody else's grass instead Mm -hmm. of trying to take care of our own grass. You know, I was talking about that yesterday on Twitter that oftentimes the grass isn't green on the other side. We just need to take care of our own grass a little better and, you know, stop, <laughs> stop trying to do what we see everybody else doing and, and stay in our lane. I say on the road to destiny, make sure you don't switch lanes too many times or you get pulled over for driving reckless. And so folks have to realize that, that it, it's time out that, you know, we sit down and we identify our God-given gifts and understand that what's for us is for us. No one else can't have that. People don't understand what I mean when I say there's no competition but yourself because nobody can do what you can do. You, there's only one you. Out of the billions of people on earth, there's only one you, and nobody else can replace that. So what God has for you, nobody else can take that. So instead of competing with others, you got to start competing with yourself and pushing yourself to the next level. And, and amongst it all, maintaining your integrity and your dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony, you said something there that's, that's really, really positive and powerful. But what about the guys that are out there wanting to live their dreams and wanting to live their goals, but they're listening to negative lyrics and music? And they don't right. really understand. Well, I'll just let you talk about some of the rap music and how negative it is and, and how uh, strategically planned and, and how it's written uh, that, it's, that it's causing damage just because a person is even speaking it. Right, right. You know, I oftentimes tell my young brothers, uh, you know, in my generation that, you know, your thoughts, you change your thoughts, you change your life. And your thoughts go are based on what enters your mind, through your eyes and through your ears. That's the closest route to your mind. And so you have to be careful what you're putting in because your input will equal your output and your and your output will determine your income. And so often people don't realize the things that they're listening to are, is actually constructing and controlling their lives. And right now in the music industry, at the top, at the lower levels, it's, it's very innocent. It's people that's just hungry. You know, they're using their gifts. They're making a little money here and there. But the people at the very top, the the, the artists that you see selling a million al- albums uh, in a month or in a couple of weeks, that's where things get serious at. And a lot of people don't understand that top level. And But me being fortunate enough to work with some of those artists and talk to some of those artists and, and just really study behind the scenes, it they, they take it serious. And there's always somebody behind them pushing an agenda. So to where artists have to put out a certain type of message or uh, pushing a certain type of uh, agenda to where they're taking this very seriously. I use a, an example of Jay-Z. People uh, look at Jay-Z and they man, great rapper. And I agree, he is the best rapper alive. I mean, he's probably the best ever lived. But the thing about it is his lifestyle and his life choices uh, and, and his belief system is is in the 10% tile of America. 90% of people believe in God. Jay-Z said he believes in God, but the question is, what God? And so his music is full with subliminal messages. His videos is full with subliminal messages that's very satanic, that's very uh, dark. And, and the thing is, is, in in his in his chorus and his beats and his lyrics, he's he used a lot of blasphemy, a lot of things and people don't understand that your subconscious mind decodes all of this. And every single thing it hears, it accepts as a fact and it begins to work in a way that it makes it, it wants to prove that to be true. And so I tell these young guys, you know, if you sitting and all you're doing is listening to Jay Z and Lil Wayne and watching reality T V, what do you expect your life to produce? You know, and, and they come to me and say, man, we're the same age, but, you know, you own two and three companies, and you travel in the country, and you're speaking, and, and I say, you know what, because I'm not putting the same garbage in my mind that you are. I'm listening to Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and Les Brown and Jack Canfield, Jim Rohn, while you listening to Plies and, and Jay-Z. 
and, and watching reality TV. And see, these artists like for Jay-Z have an agenda that they represent something totally different, and he's very serious about what he's representing. In my opinion, it's Satan. In my opinion, he sold his soul for the riches and for the fame. Now, to the average listener, they say, oh, no, nah, you know, you're reading too deep, you're looking too deep. But when you get down to the basis of it, to the lyric sheets and, and what's on the paper, people are not even paying attention. They're they not even thinking about it because, you know, they, they just listen. It's a good beat, and, you know, he got good bars. And so they, they consider it good music, but they don't understand the, the power of words. Like the Bible says, death and life is in the tongue. So if you listen to something that's basically speaking death on the church, speaking death on your life, and, and then you're putting on the clothes, the skull and bones that's speaking death on your life, and things like that, all of this goes into play and, and what you attract into yourself. So it, it gets real serious. I mean, it's very deep. And all I ask people is just to open your eyes, you know, watch watch what you watch, watch what you're listening to, you know, and, and pay attention to it and and pay attention to the results that you're getting because the highly successful people uh, are putting highly successful material in their mind, Jay-Z isn't listening to other rappers to, to do what he's doing to generate his, to generate his funds. He's studying moguls. You know, he, he's reading books. He's well-read. He's, he's a genius in a sense. And just like so many other people with money don't feel that they should bow down to a god, don't feel that they should have to stand in the same judgment line as the bomb on the street corner or the 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 guy that's making 25000 doing construction or or the low-level pastor, you know, they feel like their money should give them a privilege, even in heaven, and that God will understand them, you know, and, and they don't have to, you know, abide by the same rules, therefore, you know, the open marriages and things like that. And it just, when you really look at it, you know, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. And, I, and I'm like this. Although I'm in the industry, I'm not going to, I represent Jesus Christ. I'm not going to bite my tongue. There's a lot of people in the industry that will say, they don't speak on Jay-Z because he got a lot of money. You might need to work with him one day. Jay-Z can't do nothing for me. Jay-Z don't pay my bills. Jay-Z, and I, don't, I wouldn't want to work with him unless he, unless he interested in understanding another way of thinking and another way of life, and he want to understand the real truth, understand what God really is. And what I realize is, like the Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. So we can't win everybody. And when somebody is all the way over, on that side, and they pushing that agenda, that means when it comes down to spiritual warfare, we're going to be on two different sides. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to win the people that's walking on the line who don't really know what they're listening to, don't really know what they're doing, don't really know what they're believing in. Those are the people I want to pull over, you know, to the good side and get them on the right track. But people that's way on the other side and what they're doing is uh, methodic and well thought out and well planned, those are people that I have to realize at the end of the day, I may not be able to reach them. Jesus couldn't reach everybody. He tried to reach everybody, and they put him on a cross. And his followers, they did him the same way. So we see right there that, you know, you can't reach everybody, and you have to choose in this life. And I speak to the Christians a lot of times because it's Christians just listening to Jay-Z on the way to church, you know. It's Christians just singing his lyrics, and yet at the same time they're talking about God, and that's because they haven't studied what they're listening to. They don't even know what they listen to. They don't even catch the subliminal messages and the things that he's, like when he say life starts when the church ends. And they may hear it and try to make an excuse for him. But I'm here to tell you like this. Somebody like Jay-Z, he don't need you to make an excuse for him because he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. And so it's time, it's time now that we wake up and that we start paying attention, you know, to life and taking life a little more serious. Tony, if you would, let's let's go in a little bit deeper. Let's deal with with some of the uh, lyrics that he's singing, and, and some of the lyrics that some of the other artists are singing that's just detrimental. And you again, a lot of people just don't know, but they're singing it. And you and I both know whether you understand it or not, it's going to take root in your life. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know what? I don't have the lyric sheets with me, and um, basically. When when I listen to somebody, like I was listening to Jay-Z, you know, and just listening through his albums and, and reading the lyric sheets, and it just a lot of it was doing, uh, referencing himself as God and and just, you know, speaking against Jesus Christ and even his video where he have Jesus' body marked with the two bullets beside him, you know, is almost symbolizing 
uh, killing Jesus, you know, the end of him, and, and just speaking down on God, saying that if God saw this murder, even Jehovah wouldn't, wouldn't witness, and, you know, pledging allegiance to Satan, you know, calling, you know, uh, Lucifer, you the dawn of the morning, you know, it's songs like that, and, you know, just the symbolization, the whole movement, even with his partners, you know, like, like Beyonce, his wife, I'm looking at her video, video phone, and people don't understand that that video is introducing homosexual lifestyle, introducing bisexual lifestyle with their color schemes, where she has the guy who's in a pink jacket with the yellow rope tied around him in the blindfold, and she's bringing, like, the Cupid gun, and she's freeing him, saying, okay, here's a grown man in a pink jacket with a blue rope tied around him, which basically those are all the gay pride colors, you know, the rainbow. And she's freeing him, saying it's okay to sleep with men. And then she brings Lady Gaga in, who that is her whole movement, the gay, transgender, bisexual movement, which if that's, if that's your style, if that's your lane, then okay, that's you. You know, God bless you. But for the church, for the Christians, for the people who claim in God, for the people who go going to church on Sunday and, you know, Lord, Lord, need to understand what they're watching and, and understand that, as you've learned in church, that spirits is real. Spirits is very real. So if you're sitting down and you're watching these homosexual spirits be released over you, that's real. Now, to the person that don't read the Bible, person that don't go to church, person that don't care about none of that, this wouldn't be for you because it, it sounds like foolishness. But to the people that, that know better, you know, to the people that is going to church and know about spiritual warfare and things of this nature, have to be careful of the music that you're listening to and the videos that you're watching because you're dealing with spirits. These people have been assigned. They've been called. They've been promised wealth. And, and, and we look even in the Bible days. The devil, like Paul said, there's nothing new under the sun. The devil or Solomon, whichever one, the devil doing the same thing that he did way back in Jesus' time. He took Jesus to the mountaintop and said, you bow down and you serve me. All of this right here will be yours. That's the same movement that he had people in this day and time working for him saying, hey, you put this message in your music. Tell all of these kids and all these people that it's okay to be bisexual. It's okay to be gay. And I promise you we'll make sure you got the marketing and you got the product placement to sell a million albums in one year. I can guarantee you that success. And guess what? Them people have been pushed by the devil. And you can't deny it because it's, it's contrary to the word of God. You know, it's contrary to the word. And the same thing that God burnt Sodom and Gomorrah for, that's the same pattern that America is going. I heard Barack Obama, which people are praising him like he God. I oftentimes tell people, don't worship the creature. Worship his creator. You know, worship God. Don't worship man. Barack speaking change and, and, and all this, and God bless him. You know, God bless him. It's good to see a black man in office. But at the same time, if you got to decide, am I going to rock with the Lord or am I rocking with this man? Am I following this man or am I following God? Because guess what, Tony Gaskins, I'm not following Barack Obama. You know why? Because I listened to Barack go to the uh, convention with Lady Gaga, the LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender conference, and Barack stand up there and say, one day, Gay marriage will be just as normal as a marriage between a man and a woman. And the crowd went crazy. So he's stamping and pushing the movement. That's what, Barack? Me and you ain't on the same team. I love you, my brother. And if you want to learn, if you want to grow, if, if you represent God, hey, it's cool. But I, I, me, God has been too good for me. Then brought me out in the streets and saved me. His grace and mercy. I can't play with God because I know that word of God is too real. That Bible is too real. So that's why I'm a servant. I'm in the industry and I'm touching lives, but I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to sell my soul. I'm not going to say, hey, it's okay to sleep with men and, and, and pass around HIV, then take it back to your wife, and then she birthing your kids and, you know, put, I'm not going to say that's okay. I'm not going to say it's okay for a man and a man or a woman and a woman to get married because the good book that I read and the Bible that I read say it ain't okay. So I can't stand with it. I can't represent it. Now, I'm still going to love you as a person, but just like Christ, I'm going to hate the sin. And that's what people got to realize is that, you know, it's serious out here, and it comes down to, well, you you got to get left or right. 
You know, you can't walk the line. You got to be hot or you got to be cold. Because when you lukewarm, God say, I'll spew you out my mouth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because, you know, I'm not too far off where you are. I mean, I have, I have friends that are like that, that, you know, that believe in gay marriage. And I tell them, I say, well, I've never seen that term gay marriage in the Bible. And so since I believe in the Bible, I believe that the Bible is true. I believe that the Bible is, you know, the truth. (laughs) And so I can't follow you on that. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like people who are gay because I have coworkers that are that way. I have friends that are that way, you know. And I still respect them as my friends. But I can't compromise my belief system so that you'll be my friend. Right. You know, and I've actually lost friends that way because I'll say, well, you know what, you know, that's a sin just like this is a sin. So, you know, we all got to repent. So if you repent, we cool. If you don't repent, understand that you're living in sin. You know, it's no different than if, you know, if I was sleeping outside my marriage or if I was uh, having sex before marriage. It's a sin. And you have to repent of your sins, you know, so... You can't live in that sin and say that you repent and you believe and trust God because you can't do that. You know, exactly. it's almost like trying to trying to uh, be fire, but you live in water. <laughs> right. You see what I mean? Right. Yeah, I was watching that on YouTube the other day. It was about gay Christians and um, these these two guys. You know, they was talking about they gay Christians and they on YouTube. And now the one guy he kind of told on himself. You know. He's like, you know, I'm in the church and I love God and things like that, but and, and I'm and I'm gay, but I don't really know if he said, truth be told, I don't know if I'm gay because I was born this way, or he was calling himself queer. He said, I don't know if I'm queer because I was born this way, or if I'm queer because it's more fun. I say, right there, that's all I need to hear, right there, and <laughs> and it goes to show me that you know, for the most part, this is a choice, and this is what God comes to do to deliver you from this, to give you power over that, because anything you, I'm born a sinner. We born a sinner according to the Bible, so I'm born naturally lusting. I, every woman I see, if she look good, I'm going to lust. So just like if a man like a man, he may be lusting, but what walking with Christ is is denying your flesh. It's denying your flesh. And so that means being girded about, you know, with the loins of truth, with, with the word of God on you and being in prayer. So that although I may see a woman and she's beautiful, I know that if I'm sleeping with her outside of marriage, that's fornication. I know that if I'm sleeping with her and I'm married, that's adultery. So guess what? I have to deny that. So the same goes with a gay Christian. You have to deny that lustful desire through whether it be prayer, and it may be a battle to where you want to pull your hair out. But guess what? As a male who likes women, it's a battle not to sleep with women. I pull. I got to pull my hair out. I got to grunt my teeth. I got to scream. I got to yell. I got to pray. It's a struggle, but it's something that you got to deny, you know. So it's not an excuse to say I was born uh, gay. Guess what? I was born a fornicator. I was born an adulteress, but I have to deny that. And that same struggle that you fight is the same struggle that every other person fighting. It's just we may be attracted to the opposite sex. But if it's sin, it's sin. So it's not about denying the sexual desire. It's about denying the sin. And and that's a battle every single day. I can't say I wake up and walk around and, and I don't I don't lust or I don't have to, you know, no temptation whatsoever. That's a battle every day. And I have to get up and wake up and pray every single day and deny that. And that's what Rick Warren said. You know, I heard Rick Warren say that the same uh, you know, the great pastor, Rick Warren, the, the author mm-hmm. of, um, what's that like? Purpose Driven Purpose, Life. Purpose Driven Life. Purpose Driven Life. Yeah, I heard, him say the same, I heard him say the same thing, right, on uh, on the news that I just said. And, man, they, they ate him alive. They ate him alive. So guess what? He come back after that biting his tongue, mm-hmm. chewing on his tongue, chewing on his tongue like, um, like Peter. What's that, Peter? That mm-hmm. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me? <laughs> that's, how Rick, that's how Rick Warren came back. Chewing on, uh, 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 uh. Well, what I really meant was, 
I'm like, look at him. God needs somebody who's going to stand for him no matter what. And and me, I take it like this. I'm I'm going to lose some friends, going to lose some fans, going to lose some followers. But one thing I ain't going to lose is God and his grace and his favor. And what's for me is going to be mine, but I'm going to stand for something. Because if you don't stand for something, you'll die for anything. You, right. you see what I'm saying? So you got to learn to live for something. You you got to stand for something in people. And I'm calling to the people in the industry, stand for something. In, in corporate America, stand for something. Wherever you at, stand for something. Because I can guarantee you that's where you will be remembered at because you stood for something instead of trying to please everybody else. Because I can guarantee you this. If you're pleasing everybody around you, you ain't pleasing God. Because God don't please everybody. His ways ain't pleasing to everybody. Everybody can't live by that standard. So right. I, it's time to stand for something these days. And, Tony, we have, I think we have a caller. Uh, we're gonna, Brian, you want to go to the caller? Yes. Let's go to the caller from the 724 area code. 724, you are on live. Me? Yes. Yes. Me? Yes, you're on live. Oh my God! <laughs> um, I just seen on uh, Twitter that he was. Uh, he said we can call in and ask questions. Okay. Um, I actually wasn't expecting to uh, be connected, but um, mm-hmm. I was just listening. And we're supposed to ask questions about like relationships and all that, right? Yes. Go ahead. You can. Okay. Um, so I'm the type of person that I usually help people out and uh, usually just give advice. And I guess I just don't make myself happy when it comes to that stuff. And I guess, like, when a guy likes me, I don't I don't really want to pursue it, I guess, because I guess I'm just afraid of that commitment. I don't really know what to do because ultimately I guess I'm really unhappy even though I try to, you know, play off as, you know, I'm really happy, but I don't know what to do. Tony? Basically what I would say is, uh, when you're in that state, you have to begin to seek what love is and what a relationship is. And then once you know that, then that will give you the confidence to be able to accept this guy when he approaches you because then you see the signs of whether he's giving you genuine love or whether he's just playing games with you. So that way you don't have to worry about getting hurt. And in love, it's all or nothing. And a, a saying goes, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. And I have to agree because to love somebody is the greatest feeling there is. And to be loved by somebody else is the second greatest feeling. So when you know what you're getting into and you know what to expect, then that, you know, eliminates or minimizes your chances of being hurt. But oftentimes, you know, you have that fear because we fear the unknown. So if you don't really know what a good man is or what a real relationship is, then you really don't know what you're getting into and you feel like you can give you everything and then he just drops you and leaves you for another woman. But had you, if you study and understand what you're going into, as soon as you see them signs, you'll be able to walk away with your strength, your pride, and your dignity without allowing him to strip you of it. Yeah, that's powerful. Caller, let me ask you. Caller, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. What What is it that you're afraid of? Is it? Is it... Are you just afraid or are you just being careful? What is it? Um, I think I'm just afraid of being hurt because I see all my friends being used for sex and all that stuff. And, I mean, I don't really want to go through that. I don't want to just take the chance of it. Mm. So. Can I ask, how, how old are you? I'm 18. Yes. I'm so, still really young. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. And you know what? I applaud you for... Uh, for your actions and what you're saying and coming forward and saying, because we, it just shows that you care about yourself. And, Tony, yeah. how many uh, teenagers do you deal with um, that are like this, that are saying, you know what, I, I, I want to date, but I also want to keep my integrity. I also want to stay pure. Is that something that you uh, counsel uh, a lot of kids on? No. Well, Most of the girls, but, you know, they just talk to a guy for money, or the others, they think yeah. they love them, but the guy usually just stands them up, and they're like, yeah. I don't want to leave him alone because I love him, and I'm like, if he loves you, he wouldn't do this to you, so. Right. And Tony, Tony, do, do you counsel um, teenagers on, uh, on this type of thing? You know what? Most of the time I'm trying to get teenagers to think the way she's thinking because a lot of them, 
you know, they feel like, you know, sex is just a given, that it's a part of a relationship and that you have to do it and that you're supposed to do it, and they're not really trying, you know, or they're not really caring about getting hurt. You know, they're just jumping in and saying, hey, I'm, I'm taking my chances. And so what she's doing is very good because she's young. And, I mean, and, and it's natural, and it goes to show you that with her asking a question like this at the age of 18, that should show parents and elders how important it is to speak to teenagers about relationships because it's a natural desire, you know, to, to desire someone to be with and to love you. So, you know, I, I really... I commend you on wanting to understand and wanting to know and to being, you know, and for being careful. And, uh, well, well yeah. Carla, I, I think, Tony, I think she she's connected with you on Twitter. Right. Yeah, I am, I believe actually. so. Yeah. You just you, followed me the other day. I was <laughs> very excited, actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you two can probably talk a little bit after um, on Twitter and stay connected and, um, and Carla, I can tell you, Tony is uh, genuine, and he can really um, give you a lot of great, great insight into a lot of the things that you're facing because you're only 18. Yeah. Uh, he's been through a lot of this stuff. He's been on Oprah and Tyra Banks show. I mean, I'm sure you see all of that on the site. Yeah. And he's I did. just real. Yeah. He's 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 not going to change um, from today and on Friday. He's a different way. No, he's not going to do that. He's definitely going to no. reach out and help you. Okay, great, because I know, you know, on Twitter a lot of people just, they're like, yeah, I'm connected with my fans, but then they don't write back at all. But um, i actually seen him on Ceno Foster's uh, Twitter, and then i seen something with Oprah, and I was like, oh, my God, that's him. <laughs> so it's like a little droopy moment, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but thank you so much for all that advice. I really took that to heart, and I appreciate that. Thank you. If you stay on, stay on the line. Don't hang up. We're, we're still going to continue with the show. And I think Brian had a question for our caller. I mean, for Tony. Okay. No, I was going to ask Tony. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that you have, um, like the young lady. And again, I want to thank her for, you know, being honest and open. You know, the the problem that we have with our youth today is that many of them are afraid to open up to the people that are around them, you know, they're afraid to talk to their, you know, to the older adults around them, maybe their uncles or cousins, their parents, for fear of being, you know, said, hey, you know, well, somebody will say, hey, you know, you're like this, or I can't believe you asked me that question, you know, because a lot of parents don't have the information, they don't have the tools to talk to their kids about relationships, you know, so... My question is, do you do you ever encounter parents that are asking you for, you know, help with talking to their youth about those type of relationships? You know what? Uh, most times I meet parents with egos, you know, and that's what we have to break is parents understanding that, you know, you're not the end-all, be-all. You won't be able to teach your child everything. So bring, be humble enough and be wise enough to bring in resources, whether it's mm -hmm. uh, tell-all books, self-help books, and I try to speak in the lives of parents all the time because I'm right in the middle. You know, I was just not too long ago being raised in home, you know, a few years back. And at the same time, I'm a father. So I'm, I'm young enough to remember what I lacked growing up and what I needed, you know. So I try to give that insight to parents, you know, and telling them. But so often, you know, people equate age with wisdom, which I just tweeted this. Age only brings experience. There's a lot of older people that's unwise. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I may talk to somebody that's 50 that I have more wisdom than them, and they're seeking, you know, advice from me. So age doesn't equal wisdom. So parents have to realize that, you know, it's okay to hear from somebody else, to, to bring in resources, to, to uh, seek a mediator, you know, and that's kind of what I am, a mediator. I help the kids understand the parents and help the parents understand the kids. But, you know, it's, it's been a little tough because sometimes parents have a wall, you know, like, hey, I'm old enough to be your mama. I'm old enough to be your daddy. What you going to tell me about raising kids? You know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's not wisdom, you know. Wisdom seeks counsel. Wisdom seeks uh, concernment, and, you know, it, it, it listens. And that's, that's really what we just have to open up them lines of communication and, you know, be comfortable. You know, let your kids know that you're not judging them and that you're not going to punish them for their answer that you just want to help them. And even if you 
do that, even if they still don't speak, I say the best parent is transparent. Speak, tell your stories, tell your mistakes, you know. If you cheated, if you ever beat, if you ever called an STD, if you ever did something crazy, tell your story so that they'll learn from your mistakes, you see. And, and that way you don't even have to be prying them for information and answers. You just tell them what you did. So, see, everything that I did in my life is everything that my father didn't tell me he had already experienced. But everything he told me he experienced, that was, that was my lesson. I didn't have to do it because I already knew the outcome. So the things that he wasn't open with me about and transparent with me about, those are the things that I went on and done to, to find out for myself. So that's why I say parents be transparent. Yes, sir. Mm. Oh, awesome, yes, sir. awesome. You know, it, it's funny because exactly what you just talked about was an incident that me and my son had my son has been going to this leadership program, and I went with him a couple times, you know, just to see what it was about, and I wanted to help out and everything. And what I, you know, and just being a father the way that I am, I'm always trying to make sure that my son is on the straight and narrow. And so I found myself, you know, um, eventually what I found myself to be was actually getting in the way of his progress, but I thought I was helping him to progress. You know, because, right. you know, just the fact that the, the my parenting style is very hands-on, but at the same time, I try to allow them to, you know, do what they want to do and, you know, be, you know, and grow on the, in their own right. You know what I mean? Right. I allow them to make those mistakes, but I tell them what the mistakes are, you know, and explain to them, look, this is a mistake, this is what you need to do better, or don't do that because I did that. So I'm very transparent with them. And I actually found myself where I was hindering my son, thinking that I was helping him. And so I just stood back and just gave him the tools that he needed, you know, to do the leadership program. And before I knew it, he was excelling way past, you know, all the other kids in the program. Right. And it kind of threw me. I was like, are you serious? I think they were writing an essay. And so I gave, instead of working directly with him, trying to help him write the essay, I said, this is what you need to put in your essay, and I talked to him about it, and I didn't try to go in and correct every little thing that he did or every little thing that he said, and he went in, did the speech, did the essay, and each time everybody cheered him on, and it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you had the best essay? You did the best speech? They wanted you to go last so you can show everybody how it's done, and I'm thinking, how is that possible? You know, because I... Because in reading his speeches and reading the stuff that he's done, I've become so critical with it that I wasn't allowing him to grow in his own right. Right, right. And so because I allowed other people to help him progress and I just gave him the basic tools that he needed, see, there was things that I didn't know how to do. And there was things that I was doing that wasn't necessarily beneficial for him. And that was, you know, jumping on his case when he didn't have a word spelled correctly, you know, without seeing that, you know, I was reading the words, but I wasn't reading the sentence, if you know what I mean. Right, right. You know, and so by allowing him to grow in his own right, I let somebody else spell check it, you know, because when I spell check, I I find one word and I say, go back and start over, (laughs) you know, versus, okay, I understand what you're saying in this, I understand the meaning, but once you've once you get the meaning out and you understand it, then go back and rewrite it the way that it should be structured. And see, I was so focused on the structure that I was breaking down the structure. <laughs> right. You know? So when I allowed somebody else to deal with that particular part, where I just gave him the tools to build the structure, you know, it worked out well. So I agree with you. You know, sometimes you do need help in in areas that you may think you're knowing, you know, because you know, we do, Greg and I do leadership forums and stuff like that. So I'm thinking on the lines, yeah, I know how to do this. You know, but right. everything doesn't always work for everybody the same way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, we, we're running on about 10 minutes left in the show. I want you to give out your information early and then again at the end of the show because I really want people to get the information that you have. So will you do me a favor and just give out if you have your website or any other uh, means of communication that people can contact you? Right. Um, my website, TonyGaskins.com. Um, my last name, G-A-S-K-I-N-S. And basically from there, you could connect to my Facebook, to my Twitter. 
Uh, when you write me on the contact page, it'll it'll CC my email, so I'll be able to just fill it out, you know, with your email and number, and I'll be able to write you back. Um, I do answer every email. I mean, I probably get a hundred a day, so I may not get all of them in one day, but you know, I get to it within a few days. You know, mm-hmm. so just reach out. Any questions on life, relationships, um, what I speak, what I know is not of me. It's, it don't come from me. It, it comes from God. Um, before I answer any question, I pray and ask God to speak through me. And a lot of times when I get done speaking, I don't even remember what I said. So I know God is real. I know he's speaking through me, and I believe that I can help change any and every situation, no matter where you're at, how young you are, how old you are, because I trust God, and I know he's real. Yeah. Tony, we have another caller on right now. Um, I think it's a Skype call. Uh, caller, you're live on the Abundant Solutions Hour. Uh, hi, good evening. Hi. Um, I just have one simple question. If there is... Uh, someone in your church that you happen to want to get to know, as a young lady, as a woman, um, is it okay just to basically go up and introduce yourself, or should you um, just kind of sit back and, you know, let the gentleman make the first move? Well, I mean, do all your research. Make sure you, there's no ring on his finger. He makes sure he's never coming with another female. Uh, maybe even ask around him if he's single, you know, or have somebody who's a little more bold than you, ask him if he's single, or have another guy friend ask him. Do all your research so you know that when you go in, you're not stepping on toes. You're not talking to a married man or an engaged man who just doesn't wear a ring. So do as much research as you can. And then in this day and age, I do believe that it's okay. I just got that question from another young lady yesterday. Is it okay to make the first move? And I do believe so because so many men are so insecure or, um, just, you know, they, they're not very confident, you know, whether it's in their looks, whether it's in their clothes, the amount of money that they make. And, you know, it's, it takes a lot of guts for a man to make the first move. So it's okay to let them know that you're out there, you know, and that you're available. It's okay to just, you know, go up and shake his hand say, hey, how are you doing? Um, I see you quite often. Just wanted to shake your hand and introduce my, myself. My name is such and such. And, and then... Then he knows you're on the planet. Then, he, then, then you're on his radar. Now he knows your name. He'll tell you his name. And now if he's interested, he'll take it from there. Oh, okay. Because I, 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 there was a part that I didn't include, and I guess I should have initially said it. That it it's been some eye contact between us. So I oh. I just kind of assume that um, if, if he's noticed me and I've noticed him several times throughout church and um, that he would – you know, take the initiative, but I that was just my own internal dialogue that said, well, he's not interested. I mean, you know, we we played this eye contact thing for a while, and he's never right. Done it. So I, I guess I should have added that. But thanks, thanks a lot for your tip. Most definitely, thanks. Yes, and thank you for calling in, Tony. Do you run into this quite often? Uh, very, very often. I just got the question yesterday. Uh, a young lady was asking me, well, she's older, she's in her 40s, and she was saying, is it okay if I call the guy and invite him to lunch? Because he gave me his car and, you know, and told me to give him a call if I was interested in meeting a good brother. And I was like, well, yeah. I, I mean, you, that's respectful that he didn't try to run any game, that he didn't ask you for your number, and he kind of put the ball in your court. And I notice a lot of guys doing that more often these days, and I guess it's because, you know, you know, a, a good man, sometimes he doesn't want to intrude. He doesn't want to, you know, make you put your guards up like he's a, like he's the hunter and he's coming to play games with you because he understands you've been hurt, you've been used and abused in the past and lied to. So he's kind of waiting on you, you know, to say, hey, okay, I'm open, I'm available, I'm, I'm ready. That doesn't mean he wants you to propose or for you to just, you know, wear the pants in a relationship, but sometimes, you know, guys just kind of want to know that you're interested also. And, and, Tony, what about the women that's been hurt and the young girl that's been probably uh, embarrassed, uh, so let's say, sad to say, been dumped or whatever, and they're just afraid to get back in and try again? And you may have someone that's going through, uh, that's been divorced, and now they, you know, we all want someone in our lives. Uh, how should they go about that? You definitely want to give yourself time to heal. I mean, time heals all wounds. 
and embrace the struggle, embrace the pain. I, I tweeted yesterday, pain is a healing agent. You have to feel it in order to heal it. So embrace that pain, and when you do that, it'll begin to start that healing process and give yourself time. And then connect with someone like myself, a relationship expert or author or a life coach, somewhere along those lines and start to understand the dynamics of, of, of love and relationships and who you are and your work to this world to understand that what happened in the past, you're not to blame for it. It has nothing to do with you and that you can move forward wholeheartedly and excited about a new love. And um, So, you know, just take your time in the healing process and be ready when you step back out there that, you know, the bandages are off and your wounds are healed and you're ready to go in, you know, and love wholeheartedly. Mm. Well, I know Brian deals with a lot of the young kids in this church as well, and mm-hmm. we, we see a lot of these kids, and I'm pretty sure Brian will probably have a question that the young lady that's listening now, I'm sure he can probably ask a question that could probably help her. Well, you know, I was going to say, Greg, you know, I, I actually see this quite a bit when um, when I go out and talk to young women, and it's funny because the women usually will have a lot of questions regarding men, but the boys never really ask questions about the women. They think they know everything, <laughs> you know. But I, I guess my question to Tony, and we got about three minutes left, Tony, but uh, my right. question to Tony is when you deal with youth, do you have uh, more young men asking you, you know, intelligent questions, or do you have more women that will tend to ask you those questions? It's, it's more women, and I mean that's scientific. You know, women are ten percent smarter than men. Uh, the average woman speaks twenty-five thousand words, where the average man speaks twelve thousand five hundred words. Uh, women possess more cognitive skills than men, so it's, it's, it's a lot has to do with the makeup of the human. You know, so women naturally are a little more inquisitive and, you know, ask more questions. And that's why they also are 75% of our readership, you know, just because of how their mind works. And so as far as men, we just have to take it upon ourselves as as adults and, you know, leaders and just start speaking into these young guys' life, you know, into these, I call them grown boys, speaking into these grown boys' life and teaching them what it is to be a real man, teaching them what it is to be a grown man. Because, I mean, if you wait on them to ask, they may never ask. And women, they ask, 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 but if they understand and the man doesn't understand, then it still really doesn't help them in their relationship. I totally agree. <laughs> right. Real quick, only real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Greg. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say if you would give out your information again. Uh, TonyGaskins.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, um, at TonyGaskins. Or um, email me, Tony Gaskins Jr. at gmail.com. I'm here for you. Any question you have, I pray on it and give you the best insight that I can. Yes, sir. And thank you so much, Tony, for agreeing to come back on. We know you're busy. We know you're doing a lot of things. And we just, we're just blessed to have you come on the show and just talk about something that's real. And I think a lot of people really needed to hear uh, what's real. We don't need anything sugar-coated, and, of course, you didn't do that. That's not your style. But right. you were kind of, but you're not in a person's face with it. You're not beating them down with it. And, I, you know, I'm just glad that you uh, found time in your busy schedule to come on the show and just bless us and bless everybody. Yes, sir. I thank you all for having me. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. And I'm sure Brian will uh, close the show out like he always does. Uh, you know, Greg, I was just thinking about the title of the show, and we're talking about the State of the Union. And, you know, as Tony alluded to earlier, you know, the divorce rates are very high, uh, especially among celebrities. But, you know, even in our great nation where you have the freedom to marry, you know, pretty much in most states, whoever you want to, we still have high divorce rates. And it's because that union that state of that particular union is not rooted and founded in love. And we have to understand who love is and where it comes from. And we know that Jesus is love. And if you base your relationship, your union on Jesus Christ, then you don't have to worry about anything else. With that being said, 
You've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we pray and we ask that you join us again next week as we'll have another exciting show. Good evening. God bless you all, and good night. Thank you.